Welcome to the Relatable Finance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joseph Carl and Shane Phillips. Welcome to today's episode of Relatable Finance. Today we'll be talking about all things crypto, including currencies, the history, the technology behind it, and defining some key terms. The world of crypto assets have come a long way since 2008 when a white paper was released anonymously online. Since then, we have seen booms and busts, the invention of many new coins besides Bitcoin, over 40 tradable coins available on Coinbase for my last count, new ideas such as NFTs or non-fungible tokens, and to a place where as of September 2020, crypto assets exceeded $350 billion and now far exceed that number. 2020 saw an explosion in prices. Exact reason why it is up for debate, but one of the reasons could be that major corporations are entering the space. Investment giants like Fidelity and CME Group, large college endowments such as Yale and Harvard, major hedge funds and companies like Facebook, PayPal, and Square, among many others. Tesla made headlines this year when they bought 1.5 billion Bitcoin to hold on their balance sheet. And that is a lot of Bitcoin. So clearly crypto has affected many, many places in the world today, and we are not going to try to discuss them all. Rather, today we're going to discuss the basics and then use future episodes to go further. But still, please bear with us as we jump around to different ideas as they are all connected in one way or another. So let's start with some basic definitions. Bitcoin is not blockchain and blockchain is not Bitcoin. Crypto really stands for cryptography. Well, let's start with what is probably the most well-known, and that is Bitcoin. Bitcoin was the first crypto asset that gained any type of traction, but was intentionally built off other previous attempts and is now the most popular. As mentioned earlier, Bitcoin was created by an anonymous programmer under the alias Satoshi Nakamoto, who published an article in October 2008. The basic idea of the paper was a new way for people to send, receive, and hold value digitally without the need for a middleman. January 2009 was the first Bitcoin was created. So cryptography is the foundation of a crypto asset. Cryptography is simply the art of writing or solving code, in this case, solving code. The cryptography part comes into play when we talk about blockchain, which we will in a minute. Crypto assets more broadly can be defined as any digital asset that uses cryptographic technology to operate as a currency or decentralized application. And I know that's a lot, so I'll let that sink in for just a minute. Again, Bitcoin is a crypto asset. Blockchain can be looked at very simply as a database. It stores information and pieces these blocks of data together into a chain. Surprise, surprise, they call it blockchain. This has been used in most cases thus far for transactions, but can, can have other uses as well. So back to Bitcoin. Blockchain is used to track the transactions of Bitcoin. And as we said before, can be done without the need for a middleman such as a bank. Rather, it is decentralized, which is another buzzword when talking about crypto. It is a decentralized currency. Two things that make these decentralized blockchains unique are that they are permanent and they're able to be viewed by anyone. So back to the whole idea of a middleman for a minute. If you think about transactions that you make, you know it takes time. Funds are held for a day or two or even longer before you have access sometimes. In the investing business, we have trade settlement of a day or two before we can send money all things that take time. Let's use an example of classic banking, Venmo and Bitcoin. Banks each have their own databases. Venmo has one database. When I send money to a friend or go archaic and write a check, my friend's bank needs to confirm that I have the funds before they give it to them, and thus time. 
Venmo has one database, so it knows that I have the money and the transaction happens basically instantaneously. Blockchain is somewhat similar to the idea of Venmo in this example, in that it has one database. And again, that database is public and can be accessed by anyone. So I think about this as a giant public database that never closes and is not controlled by any single person or company or government. And as long as it is one database, the transactions can occur very quickly. So this is the part that originally lost me. So even if I trust the blockchain to store my transaction, I had a hard time figuring out who is ultimately the person saying those transactions are correct. When's the last time you heard of the word mining used in a sentence? My guess is it probably wasn't used for mining Bitcoin or not for mining coal. Mining is the same way to confirm all these transactions that can be done by anyone, once again, because it is public. Basically, someone sends someone else Bitcoin. As this is sent, many other similar transactions are also occurring, and they all need to be validated. These groups of transactions are called blocks. Again, back to the idea of blockchain. Miners who ultimately use computers all around the world are tasked with confirming these blocks of transactions. This is actually a competition between all these computers with the winner receiving a prize. These miners, or again, using supercomputers, are tasked with solving a math puzzle, and once completed, can add the new block to the chain. The first one to solve the problem is ultimately the winner. But why would anyone just become a miner and help verify all these transactions? Well, in what I think is rather genius, the winner receives a reward, and in this case, it comes in the form of Bitcoin. The amount you receive has gone down over time, but the price of Bitcoin has gone up, thus making you more. Currently, you receive 6.25 Bitcoin, and with Bitcoin at an all-time high of 58000 we are talking a lot of money, roughly $350,000. Interestingly, though, this word has gone down over time. In what is termed having, you get paid less and less throughout the years. The amount was cut in half in May 2020, and as Joe said, the current number is 6.25 Bitcoin. Previously, it was 12.5 Bitcoin, and that will likely get cut in half again in about four years, or after about 210,000 blocks have been mined. This is also probably a good time to mention that the amount of Bitcoin that will ultimately be available is capped at 21 million, and that is likely to happen sometime around 2140, based upon current thinking. This scarcity is another reason why some see Bitcoin as an attractive investment. We have defined crypto, cryptography, Bitcoin, blockchain, and used some of the keywords such as decentralized, public, and mining. So hopefully you have a basic understanding of what people are talking about when it comes to all things Bitcoin, crypto, and blockchain. But just to make sure, Shane, would you give us a quick 20-second recap? Gladly, Joseph. Bitcoin is the most well-known crypto asset in the world that runs on blockchain technology. It is a digital asset that allows transactions to occur throughout the world to anyone who has the ability to send or receive Bitcoin. These transactions are decentralized and verified through the process of mining, which is ultimately supercomputers solving complex problems. Once done, a new block of data is added to the blockchain. These miners are compensated with Bitcoin for verifying these transactions. I think that is amazing, but at the same time, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Before we wrap things up, let's hit on one last thing, public address and private key. Both of these are used to send and receive Bitcoin. So the public address, or also the public key, is used to deposit or receive coins. In order to access those coins, the private key comes into play. The public address is actually created from your private key, again, through a complex mathematical process. Maybe think of it as the public address is like your email address, 
And the private key is your login and password, but much, much more complex and much safer. You may have heard of a digital wallet, and that is where your private key is held. There are so many other areas that we can address and we will discuss in future episodes, including some of the potential valuation techniques used to value crypto assets, what these coins actually are and whether it be a means of transacting, a store of value or an investment and how to allocate it from an investment perspective. And don't forget about the expectations one should have about the volatility of this asset class, where we are seeing it used and by what companies and even things such as mining coins being big business and mining farms are popping up everywhere some of which are using millions of dollars of electricity every month. So a lot of information today, but all very interesting and foundational things to understand about the crypto world. As you learn more and more about this world, you figure out that you understand less and less. But we will have a second and likely a third episode about all things crypto in the future, so make sure to come back for those. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Relatable Finance. If you have any questions, please email us at podcast.provwealth.com or check out our website, relatablefinancepodcast.com. Provenance Wealth Advisors is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services, Inc. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Provenance Wealth Advisors and Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Any opinions are those of Relatable Finance Podcast and PWA, and not necessarily those of Raymond James. The information contained in this report does not purport to be a complete description of the securities, markets, or developments referred to in this material. There is no assurance that any of the trends mentioned will continue or forecasts will occur. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but Raymond James does not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. Any information is not a complete summary or statement of all available data necessary for making an investment decision does not constitute a recommendation. Investment involves risk and you may incur a profit or loss regardless of strategy selected. Diversification and asset allocation do not ensure a profit or protect against a loss. Investing involves risk and investors may incur a profit or loss. Raymond James does not provide tax or legal services. Please discuss these matters with the appropriate professional. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Future investment performance cannot be guaranteed, and investment yields will fluctuate with market conditions. Any examples given in the podcast are for illustration purposes only. Actual investor results will vary.